Hey, 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 it's another edition of the Cool Sword Podcast. I hope you're having a fabulous, fabulous day. Today we are joined by a cool sword of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. She is Michelle Latrice Allen, straight from the east side of Decatur, Georgia. Y'all know how much I love me some Decatur, Georgia. She is an advocate for HIV and AIDS prevention, and she serves as the Infectious Disease Section Director for the state of Georgia. So she'll tell you all about her story, and it's really, really good, really, really fun, as well as giving you a wealth of information about infectious diseases and so much more, including how you can talk to your tween or preteen or teenager about sexually transmitted diseases and more. But before we get into her amazing episode, I have to let you know that Founders and Pearls is looking for you to go ahead and get your exclusive sorority box. Yes, are you looking for motivational items, unique paraphernalia? Well, foundersandpearls.com has everything you need. And if you input cool soror, during checkout, guess what? Shipping is on us. That's foundersandpearls.com. Also, Green Top Gifts is awaiting your purchase for amazing wrapping paper and also stocking stuffers for the holiday. Yeah, go ahead and check out Clarence Claus, my favorite hoodie, and you'll see Clarence Claus on the amazing wrapping paper at greentopgifts.com. And if you want 10% off of your purchase, make sure you put in Cool Soror at Closeout, okay? So we are definitely hooking you up this holiday season. And without further ado, here is Michelle Latrice Allen with Blessed to Be a Blessing. Enjoy. You know you gotta be a cool soror to talk to the cool soror herself. I'm a cool soror. Hey, y'all. I am a cool soror of What's up, y'all? I'm a cool soror of I am a cool soror. It's the Cool Soror Podcast, hosted by me, Rashawn Ali. We are back with another edition of the Cool Soror Podcast, and I am very happy to have Michelle Latrice Allen, Decatur's own, on yeah, the show today. Yeah. Yes, Michelle, <laughs> you are a cool soror of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. Yes. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm great. Good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. She came in here. I met her at the front, okay? We're at the gathering spot. This is where I like to record. Met her at the front, and all I saw were the gold boots, honey, just walking towards me, and this hair is like everything. You're looking good. Thank you. I appreciate it. You are always beautiful, so I knew I had to represent. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you very much. The feeling is mutual. You are an infectious diseases section director. What That entails so much. Let's start with that, and then we'll go back to how you even got there. Tell me about what you do. Okay, so I work for the state of Georgia. Mm -hmm. I'm at the state health department. Uh And the infectious disease section is HIV, STD, and TB. Okay. Three diseases that we don't like to talk about. Right. But unfortunately, three diseases that have an impressive impact in the state of Georgia. Yeah. And unfortunately, specifically with HIV and STD, African-Americans are disproportionately infected. So I am pleased to be in a situation where I'm not just a Georgia servant, but I'm also a Georgia girl. So it means a lot to me to serve in this space. So you have passion for what you are doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell somebody I feel like I'm in these streets slinging prevention. (laughs) 
amending street sling and prevention. How did you even, you know, have a, a, or actually where did your passion come from for infectious diseases so and the prevention of them? I was looking for a job and found a career and mm-hmm. I really was like, Lord, like, what do you want me to do? A purpose driven life moment right after college. I had did political science and had aspirations of high, uh, law school. Uh, LSAT scores were a little low. It's okay. So I was interviewing and I found this job where I basically qualified for based on my degree. Okay. And I told them, you know, I really don't know a lot about sexually transmitted infections, but I know I care about people and mm-hmm. I know I care about all people. So right. there's not going to be a setting that I'm not going to be comfortable in going and helping. Right. And I felt like uh, my speech was that if you give me an opportunity, it'll be your best investment. Wow. Wow. And then you, you landed and now you just you, you wake up and you go to work every day. And you know that you're helping someone yes. else yeah 21 years later yeah 21 years later that means i mean you wake up with a smile i mean because because you know we have each guest fill out this information and the, the way you filled yours out you could feel it through the paper that you really do love what you do and what would you say that passion comes from you know i have an amazing mother And my mom lost her mom when she was a child. And I always wonder how did somebody who lose their mother so young just become so loving and caring. And my mother has always let me and my brother know you need to first know that you are a representative of God. Yes. And so you're supposed to be helping people and you are blessed only to be a blessing. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. So what was your upbringing like? Like, I mean, I know she taught you those things, but did you guys do community service back then? Like, what was it that she... um, imparted to you so that you can continue to serve so like you said earlier from the east side grew up in Decatur come on east side (laughs) what's happening you know we just we go into that space when we're with one another so yes go ahead (laughs) and one thing is always important just to, to serve you know whether you were doing something whether you were serving the homeless whether you were doing something where it was newspaper drive when I was 12 years old, I started a program to help with senior citizens where they adopted. We adopted them as grandparents, and they adopted us as grandchildren. So wow. I was at Snapfinger Elementary. Yes, Snapfinger. <laughs> That's right down the street from it, my house. Encouraging my classmates to go into a nursing home just to make somebody smile. We would spend time reading with them. We That's would make beautiful. cars. And I, I just absolutely loved it. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, I teach my, my daughters now. They, they come with me to serve in my own nonprofit. I talk to them about the importance of serving. And then they start to do it themselves without you even asking. So I understand, mm-hmm. you know, the leadership and um, the tutelage that your mother was able to impart upon you. But let's go all the way back, you know, from Decatur, Georgia. And then you went to Rita in high school. And then you went to Georgia Southern. What made you choose Georgia Southern? So it was funny. I didn't necessarily want to go to Georgia Southern initially. Believe it or not, I wanted to go to Agnes Scott. I guess I was just going to stay in Decatur my whole life. I mean, that's literally (laughs) right down the street from Snapfinger, okay? (laughs) So my cousin knew she wanted to go to Georgia Southern. And um, I had a scholarship where the funding fell through about two weeks before I graduated. Uh And so then it was more about what school can you afford to go to. Absolutely, yeah. And I went to Georgia Southern with her, and the visit sold me. I was so impressed with the young lady that did the campus tour. Uh-huh. I didn't sign up for an official tour. I drove three and a half hours, walked around campus, found her, and said, 
tell my mama what you told me about this school. Oh, my goodness. Like, that's what I said. Yeah. And she gave the speech, and she was like, you know, we are a big little school. That's mm-hmm. a good way to describe Georgia Southern. And then, you know, our mascot are eagles, so we run around talking about eagles fly high. Right, and right. Stuff. And I wanted to be somewhere that if it was an emergency, I could get back home the same day. Mm-hmm. And since I was going to walk because I didn't have a car. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. I knew that that was a good spot. And then yeah. actually a part of it, I had a car that I sold to go to college because when I lost my scholarship, I knew I was going to need every dime to yeah, make it. Yeah, yeah. So I went to school with money from the car, money from graduation cars, and knew for a fact that I could be there for two quarters. You, yeah, you, oh, like, you like took, take it one day at a time, <laughs> one quarter at a time, and you were able to graduate. Now, what was your degree in? My degree is actually in political science. Okay. And then my minor is in Spanish. And I was about, you know what, maybe five hours short of a double minor in criminal justice. Okay. And that's totally different from what you do now. Totally different. Yeah. So what happens, the first job I got in public health was disease investigation. So okay. I told them if I could figure out who done it, I was pretty sure I could figure <laughs> out who spread it. Right. Right. And I went in, I went in with that mentality, um, like to, to give you an idea, the first time I had a case, a 13-year-old girl had gonorrhea, chlamydia, and syphilis, oh and she God. was hospitalized. So they called me. I went to the hospital. I talked to her, and she said, "Miss Michelle, I don't know his name. And I said, you know what? I don't have to know his name to find him. I said, I tell you what, if he stole my purse, how would you describe him so I could get it back if he outran me when I was describing him to the police? Uh-huh. And I used her description. And the fact that I knew what school he went to, went in the hall, posted up, called him by his nickname, and that's how I found him. Really? But it was that, probably that criminal justice investigative Okay. Like, if somebody said they live somewhere, I would look up the tax records. Mm -hmm. And people say, well, why would you look up the tax records? Or if... You know, now everybody has a cell phone. But if I called the land number and you hung up on me, I was cool with that because now I know where you are. Right. So just putting context clues together. So when you were doing this investigation, when people got STDs, like you had to go find the person that gave it? Like, how did, how did that work? So what happens is um, when you think about public health, the things that we do really are very similar. Yeah. So, you know, when Zika hit, everybody mm-hmm. was like, okay, somebody gets bit by a mosquito. If they get Zika, then we want to find them and we want to find out where they've been. Right. Well, if somebody has a communicable infection, we want to know who infected them and who have they possibly infected or exposed. Okay. And so some people don't have the access to come in on their own. And you say, hey, you need a ride? Well, the health department is here. We'll, we'll take care of you. When several years ago, and I just have to shout you out for being a public servant, you know, <laughs> I was when you were on the A team in the morning at six o'clock. Yes, let me come on and talk about a testing event. Yes, and I think Griff was on the air with That's you. My and guy. After that, he came in the field and he tested on the air just to make people comfortable. Wow, and so many people felt like, hey. Well, if Griff is doing it on right. the air. Yeah. And then he was like, okay, Michelle, my wife is calling. Tell her this is real. I was like, uh, <clears throat> Mrs. Griff, yes, ma'am, this is real. <laughs> right, right, right. And it, it makes a difference when you can get out in the community and people know, okay, this stigma doesn't have to be here. Yeah. I could test. I could feel good about knowing my health. Mm-hmm. I could feel good about knowing my status. If I'm positive, I can get in the treatment. It doesn't have to be that I feel so stigmatized. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, HIV. Um, I think, do you see that people have become even more promiscuous because the medicine has gotten so good and now they're like, well, if I get it, I'll be fine. Have you seen the attitude change because the medicine is so good? I would say technology has played a role because people can hook up different and faster. Okay. So, you know, I can go on an app and say, 
hey, I'm 50 feet from you and you're 50 feet from me and we want to hook up, let's do it. Well, you know, uh, back in the day, you needed to know who somebody was. Yes. Y'all had to change pleasantries like, hello. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that, that <laughs> word. Know, <laughs> you just didn't have to hit a GPS app to say, here's where I am and I'm ready to go. But I do think that for some people, the sense of urgency has left. You know, I have been in this field 21 years. Right. And I have lost coworkers and colleagues who passed and now we have had such advancements in the treatments that people live a lot longer yeah and so because they are living longer the same generation generations didn't see the same thing okay so someone my age saw hiv differently mm-hmm. you know i was in high school when magic johnson oh said, i was too i was in 10th grade so you must have been so, in 11th yeah, yeah exactly so if yeah if lebron came out yeah. If Steph Curry came out, it would be devastating. So in my mind, everybody else came out, had passed. Yeah. So something very different happened. You know, you saw somebody who was public and compliant. And I appreciate that Magic Johnson has used not just his voice, but also his resources mm-hmm. to help other people. Yeah. So why are the numbers so um, so high among black women? Are we, tr- we still trusting too much? Are we being fooled? Why do you think the numbers are still so high? The cases are so high among no, women. A Black pronounced women. risk factor is sex without a condom. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people don't always feel comfortable or empowered to say to their partner, you know, we need to protect ourselves. Right. So I, I think that it has a lot to do with it. I think condom negotiation skills need to be ramped up. I also think that it is important to express to people to be concerned about hooking up with people you don't know. Yes. You know, Everybody on Facebook is not your friend. Uh uh-uh. uh. Everybody that follow you on Twitter and, is not your friend. And, and if so, she pretty don't mean yeah. she ain't got nothing. It's this comfort zone <laughs> that people have in spaces that it's just it's like a false comfort zone. And then I think another thing is you have to have value mm-hmm. and you have to have your self esteem. Right. So, you know, I am worth it. I yeah. am somebody. Yeah. If if you don't agree to my standards of protecting myself, if you don't agree to my standards of me wanting to know my status and being healthy, you know, is this the person for you? And I have to be honest with you, I get really concerned when I hear about people if you seventeen and he thirty. Yes. You know, like I I I don't understand. You you fifteen, he twenty five. Right. <laughs> That that isn't that just that I can't grasp that. First of all, twenty five year old man, why? You know what I mean? I mean, it's just it's just uh, it's really sad that our behaviors. Have you seen at least some type of improvement in in behaviors? You know, nationwide, we actually did see a decrease in HIV among some groups. So okay. I, I think that you have to do what we do: get out there heightened awareness. Um, I was on a radio show a couple of weeks ago and I said, you know, you've never seen a gonorrhea commercial. No. There's some things that are very stigmatized. And so depending on how you get your information, if you don't see it on TV, you don't think it's a big deal. Yeah. So I was at a school and I was coming to talk about STDs. And so when the principal saw my lapel pin, mm-hmm. she said, is that the STD ribbon? So girl, I got all proud. I fixed my jacket. I said, yes, ma'am. And I'm thinking she's so progressive. And she said, oh my God, are you a survivor? And the whole office stopped. And I said, I'm sorry. Are you asking me if I had a courageous battle with chlamydia, but I proved <laughs> victorious? <laughs> she said, yes, I am. And I said, so in her mind, um, this type of work wasn't even a career. Oh my. And so I was I was coming to give a testimony and yeah. not somebody who was purposely a professional in the space. And of course she turned beet red right. after she realized I said, But hey, at least you recognize the pink red. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. I wanna take the opportunity to say it's great mm-hmm. that you have that awareness, but we have a pink ribbon. You know, we have a red ribbon. 
we have a green ribbon. We have an opportunity to heighten awareness. So, you know, anytime that you get an opportunity to say, you know, hey, and I normalize the conversation. Yeah. When I have um, sanitizer or ink pens or something with messages, I give them to everybody. Yes. You know, hey, I, why am I writing with a pen that say STD? So you can know. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and the hotline number is on there if you got a question. Yeah, yeah. I have an 11-year-old daughter, and, um, you know, we have to go get her checkup. And I know that the HPV um, vaccine is probably going to be discussed because this is the age. What do you feel about that vaccine? Do you encourage people to, to, to talk to their children about it or get this vaccine? Tell me your thoughts on that. So I have to be honest with you. Any, I am uh, a person who is a true public health professional. Okay. And anything that could reduce your chances of getting something, I think it's worth investigating. So okay. the HPV vaccine, the goal is to actually have the vaccine administered before you are exposed. Yes. And so when some people heard vaccine, they thought, well, wait a minute. Is, is this authorizing my child to start their Having sexual sex, activity right. earlier? And what I said do you think when you tell your child, look both ways before you cross the street, you are encouraging them to play in front of traffic? Right. You're not. Right. No. You're giving preventative mm-hmm. advice. Mm-hmm. Cars can come and you may not see them if you look both ways. Mm-hmm. Like, I certainly want you to be aware and these are the rules and these are the standards that are associated with our household. Your family beliefs are very important. Yeah. But when you say, now, help me understand, I think that, that it was stigmatized in some places and how it was marketed. And so it made people apprehensive. Right. You're like, wait a minute. But when you hear messages about HIV, what do we say? Until there is a cure. Right. Where's the vaccine? Mm-hmm. And we get a vaccine. Well, why you got a vaccine? <laughs> right. You're like, hey, we got it. We're trying to win. Now, what, what, what do you want us to do? We, right. We are celebratory of the advancement that we've made in other places. Mm-hmm. You know, we're glad that we have drugs to treat sexually transmitted infections and drugs to treat TB. When something is drug resistant, we get very concerned about that. You know, what do we do? Is it resources? You know, get to the drug company, get with the scientists. And so I think it's unfortunate that it was stigmatized in a way that it made people uncomfortable. Right. But I said, you know, get with your provider. Ask good questions. You know, don't just offer me this. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about it? Right. You know, um, is this what you would recommend? Uh, am I just hearing about this? Is this new? Has there been any failures? Yes, in this page? right, you know, right, right. A HPV can be linked to some cervical cervical cancers. Right. All of us would agree that anything that we could do to suppress cancer, we would be for. Absolutely. So when we take it back again to that pink ribbon, if you tell someone to check for a lump, you're very supportive of that mm-hmm. because you're thinking about the prevention. You know, I am sitting in this seat and I had a cousin diagnosed with breast cancer at 31. Wow. She fought bravely until she was 34. Well, you get mammograms at 40. Yes. But because we have people checking for lumps, when you see something, you can say something. Right. So I, I like when parents say, well, just tell me more about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to say yes. And I don't want to say no right. until, until I understand. Yeah. So I, I like when I have an opportunity to talk to parents and say, you know, there's no bad question. There's nothing wrong with you being proactive and questioning and not. But some parents feel like that about all vaccines. Yes. And, you know, and I feel like you have the right to investigate the space. Right. Right. Uh, staying in that same lane. Um, how do I talk to my daughter about STDs and it needs to start now because that's what I don't I know my parents didn't do that for me and then you know some things happen 
um, later on in my life that I had to, because they didn't have those conversations with me, I was so afraid to say anything Mm -hmm. that I had to deal with it on my own. And uh, it it was HPV. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to deal with that on my own. So I have a connection, obviously, with that particular um, disease. And now that it's time for my daughter to, you know, to for the doctor to speak to her about it. Mm -hmm. How do I, without scaring her, talk to her about me? And I'm being very transparent on this podcast. Um, And, you know, about other infectious diseases. So in true public health passion, I'm going to say thank you for sharing. Yes. And thank you for your encouragement and bravery in the space. Absolutely. Because we don't always feel free to do that. Right. Um, Another East Side shout out. When we were growing up, we went to Farm Bank. Yeah. And Farm Bank didn't have conversation around STD. They had conversation around puberty and Mm. adolescence. Right. That's what took you there. I think puberty is a great place to start. Okay. Because if the first time I see a picture of a genital... Mm-hmm. and it is infected with something, mm-hmm. I will be scared straight. Like, what is that? Am I going to turn into a monster? Right, this right. like something that happened from radiation. But if you say, you know, let's talk about puberty. Let's start with the changes in your body and how you may feel. Yeah. Let's start with that. Do you understand that? You know, some girls in your class may already be mature. You know, mm-hmm. I was a late bloomer. Yeah, me too. By the time I was going through changes like getting menstrual cycles i was years after oh, everybody i was eighth else. grade i was eighth, i was good in the eighth I grade was later than you girl really? i was on my way to high school oh my god and i was and you know but what happened i went from like training bra to double d i didn't go through any oh, little steps. there was no there was no and in between people were looking at me like what'd you do this summer i'm like drink milk what you want me to say okay i'm, I'm behind the curve right but i think that gives them a way to ask questions right. that you feel comfortable and safe asking. Well, well, mom, when did you start your cycle? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, that cycle will take you into that reproductive space. You know, now that you can have you have a cycle, you are actually able to have a child. Right. So let's talk about what this means. Let's let me help you understand this space. Now, also, I want to talk to you about how to stay healthy. You know, mommy tells you to wash your hands Mm -hmm. because that keeps you safe from germs. I need to tell you about some things that will keep you safe away from your body. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, let's. this is the correct name for that body part. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's we, okay. I've been doing that. I've never had tutu, boo-boo, not <laughs> vagina. <Yeah>. And <laughs> then you go in that way. Let's examine that body part. Let's look at it because your body is beautifully made. When something is wrong, your body you, reacts. Mm-hmm. The difficult part with some of our most prevalent sexually transmitted infections Chlamydia is usually asymptomatic. Yes. So if I don't know I have it, I don't know I have spread it. Mm -hmm. If you don't know you have it, you don't know you need to be treated. Right. So when you have these conversations, you go, now, well, Michelle, how do you get it past that? Well, how about those routine checkups? Let them include things for sexual health. I do a lot of college campuses. And when I go around there, I go, y'all, I'm glad that y'all are into knowing your HIV status. I say, know your whole sexual health status. Mm Mm-hmm. Stop telling me you got tested for everything and the result is all good. It's not a test called everything, and it's not a result called all good. Sit in that doctor like you buying a cell phone. What right. is this for? Yeah. What is that for? Mm-hmm. How often should I be tested? You know, I've changed relationships since the last time I was here. Um, does the site matter? You know, chlamydia is a bacteria. Could that grow in a dark, wet place like my mouth? Yes. Oh, wow. But we don't always have a safe space to have that conversation. So 
if you go into the doctor's office, the physician may be uncomfortable with an intimate conversation. Well, you know, if you come to the health department, all we do all day <laughs> in a department call infectious that's what we comfortable talk about right. so i don't ask you have you ever done something i ask you when was the last time you did it mm-hmm. and that gives you an opportunity to answer but it also gives you an opportunity to go wait a minute she didn't ask if i was doing it. she asked about the last time so maybe this space is non-judgmental right maybe this is it's comfortable honestly the first time i gave hiv positive results out was a 65 year old woman i was about to go there and she was a minister she was African-American. What? This was during the 90s. Based on my training, based on the face of the epidemic, she should have been a gay white man mm. or she should have been on drugs. She had three lifetime partners. She had three lifetime partners. And I get an opportunity to do a lot of guest lecturing. Uh-huh. And she is my favorite case study to share. She's my favorite case study to share because it really lets people go, wait a minute. Did she just say 65? My goodness. Did she just say three lifetime partners? And HIV was her first STD. Like, literally, when oh. I gave her her results, she reached for her purse. And I said, you know, I don't know what you're reaching for. I'm not going to let you grab it. Right. She said, yes, you are. You have been warned. And then she she grabbed it. She pulled out oil to rebuke me. Oh, my God! To rebuke the results. It was a very, very interesting space. And I was thinking, this was nothing like the training. Yeah. Like, right. you know, what am I supposed to do if somebody rebuked me? Right. And I said, you know, I don't want to mock your face. I want to appreciate your space. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest with you. You can't rebuke me. She right. said, why you say that? Only God can rebuke me. Right. And then relying on her faith, I said, you know, what if I was sent here to help you? Mm. I wasn't even supposed to be here that day. Put your oil up. Right, right now. Yeah. Yeah. And then let's let's get in this conversation. And we ended up having a beautiful relationship, but it was a very, very interesting journey. And Man. her a, her risk factors, just looking at her, were very low. Mm-hmm. You know, very modest, had been married for 40 years. She was widowed. But it was the risk factors of her partners. And see, that's what I don't think we always do well. You know, you go, well, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. But you don't consider the risk factors of your partner. And so, okay. And the partner that infected her had very high risk factors, you know. Uh, this wasn't her husband? Use. No, her husband had passed. And she was widowed. And um, I really think that somebody took advantage of her. She was the type of person that you could detox in her basement you could seek refuge in your basement, okay. in her basement if it was a domestic situation. Uh-huh. And um, somebody met her at a gas station mm-hmm. and, you know, asked for prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually she got comfortable in a relationship. She moved them into the basement. They started going to church with her. I mean, they did everything to secure permanent residency in her home. Wow. And then what happened is they proposed to her. Mm. And so she thought she was accepting this proposal that was genuine because the person really loved her. And it was just about free rent. Wow. You know, and she was 65. He was 30 years her junior. Oh, my. Mm. Oh, my. Huh. Kind of a segue, but have you seen the HIV cases uh, rise in the elderly? So, yeah, it it is a segue. I think that um, what's interesting is people would be surprised to know that health departments go to nursing homes. And so sometimes people equate the frequency of sex to the risk factors. Well, you know, I'm not having sex every day, so Mm -hmm. I'm not at risk. I'm not having it every month, you know, once a quarter, 
know, on holidays or something like that. So one thing that we do, we message things to people, and sometimes it doesn't sound the same. So if I tell a 75-year-old woman that a sexually transmitted disease can make her infertile, that's not the message. Right. She's like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I don't want children anyway. My daughter, about? 45. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to know that when you go into those spaces, your messages have to be pertinent to the person you're talking mm-hmm. to. You know, hey, you are still at risk as long as you are sexually active. And I'm not telling you to use uh, protection if you're 15, if you're 20, if you're 25. I'm telling you if you are sexually active then I want you using protection. Yeah. You know, I think that when you talk to teens, you should message it appropriately. You know, I don't think that you should be telling a 14-year-old girl, you know what, jump on in there. Mm-hmm. I think that there's a conversation that has to happen, and they have to understand, and they have to understand the responsibility. And you also have to be mindful of, again, what your messaging is. You know, you're not just telling people, about pregnancy that you're also telling them about their health yeah so if you were talking to men and you said well you may be infertile that may not be something that resonates the same way as if you were talking to women but if you are talking to them you know let's talk about your sexual health right uh California did a healthy penis campaign and I thought it was a genius because they said instead of trying to classify people as gay straight or bi why don't we look at one way where you could get a larger group Mm -hmm. and if you fit in this category no matter what you cause yourself or how society classifies you wouldn't you want your body part healthy yes and somebody said well you know we should have a healthy vagina now I don't know that that caught on anywhere (laughs) right 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 (laughs) but in some cities, the healthy penis was successful. In other cities, it was a little bit different. You know, I'm looking at this penis. He's walking down the street. He's smiling. Like, what is this message? Right. So one city went with feel the syphilis sore. Mm-hmm. You know, so the sore kind of looked like a California raisin. You know, I'll, I'll listen. I'll see what's going on. And so I think that we have to be creative in our messaging so that we'll make sure it's understood. Yeah. And I think it's a missed opportunity when you don't talk to all populations, but you talk to them appropriately. And I have had people say, you know, well, what if I don't have sex that often? Some people, like they would prey on your kids because of naivete. Some people prey on the elderly, hoping right. that maybe they're lonely. Oh, my goodness. Hoping that maybe no one is advising them. <sighs> That's... Horrible. That's people are so manipulative. And that's what we have to, you know, consider. You know, there are some people who have just been in situations where they were totally, totally beguiled. You Mm -hmm. know, what they thought was happening was not happening. We'll be right back with more of this episode of the Cool Sword Podcast. But I've got to let you know about founders and pearls dot foundersandpearls.com is the spot for you you know three out of our four founders days is coming up in january so this is the perfect opportunity for you to get that exclusive box just for your favorite soror your favorite greek sister your ls or maybe you just want something for yourself so log on to foundersandpearls.com the box has exclusive paraphernalia just for you inspirational items beauty items everything that encompasses the essence of your sisterhood and the best thing about it is if you put the cool sora code in to 
during your checkout, shipping is on us. That's right. Shipping is on us. That's foundersandpearls.com. So you got your favorite AKA, your favorite Delta, your favorite Zeta, your favorite Sigma Gamma Rho woman. Go ahead and gift her via foundersandpearls.com. You will not be disappointed. Foundersandpearls.com, a subscription box just for you. You're going to love it when you open it up. That's foundersandpearls.com. What better way than to come downstairs, walk down the hall, wherever your Christmas tree is, and to see some amazing gifts wrapped in amazing new wrapping paper greentopgifts.com that is the place for you to go for all of your wrapping paper and gifts for the holiday season I love Clarence Claus. Clarence Claus is absolutely somebody who looks like my grandpa or your grandpa. And it just puts a smile on your face. It just makes you feel happy. Not only do Green Top Gifts have everything for your wrapping paper needs, but they also have amazing stocking stuffers and stickers that feature Clarence Claus. He's a beautiful, jolly old man with a chocolate complexion, a white beard, and red suit. And I've got the special offer just for you, greentopgifts.com. And all you have to do is put in the code COOLSOROR and you will receive 10% off of your purchase. Greentopgifts.com, that is the place for you to go for all of your wrapping paper and gifts for the holiday season. Tell Clarence Claus, I said, what's happening? I love Clarence. He's so cute. Greentopgifts.com, COOLSOROR is your code for 10% off. Now, back to the show. Right. Jeez, well... I don't know how to get out of that one. This is this is this is very serious work that you yet you do. What's been the most rewarding? Well, I have some good stories. I, re- I remember the um, this young lady. She had, I guess she must have been about fourteen when I met her, and I think she had she had syphilis. Okay. And um, while we were talking, she said, "You know what? My mother's name is Michelle." Hmm. And then I think she told me I, I was about the same age as her mom. And so I said, you know, I'm really concerned about you. Like, wh- why, why are you on these corners? Like, what's, what's going on? Like, you, you don't have to do this. And so I told her, you know, if I see you out here, I'm not going to just get out of my car. I'm going to get out of my car with a belt. Mm. And she said, Miss Michelle, you came with me? I said, I'm the same age your mama. We got the same name. I said, I ain't going to tolerate that. Right. And I said, let me tell you something. I am not going to let you go. So we stayed in contact, and we worked um, closely to make sure she was doing well. And so years went by, and I didn't see her, but I told her, your body is smart. And so the fight against syphilis, the antibodies take a picture of it. Mm -hmm. So if somebody ever tells you that you have syphilis, tell them you've had it before so you can make sure that you're not reinfected and Mm -hmm. everything is okay. So I got a call to come to the hospital and when I got to the hospital and I walked in the room the patient said oh you cut your hair and I thought who is this right because I wasn't told anything but that I needed to be there and so she said well Miss Michelle how are you and she said Miss Michelle you're looking at me like you don't remember me and I said keep talking uh-huh. keep talking so this is the 14 year old who is now 24 years old uh-huh. who has gotten married uh-huh. who never got another infection wow. but because of the history of the syphilis fight uh-huh. they were concerned that she had been reinfected mm-hmm. and she said I didn't tell them to call the health department I told them to call you Wow! and so I went back out there and I said 
who did she ask for? And they said, well, we didn't know if Michelle would still be working there. And I said, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. She was like, yes. I have had students tell me, you know what? I was in one of your sessions, and I picked up public health as a minor. Wow. And one of my favorite is a young lady. I told her at a boys and girls club, I said, everybody needs a mentor. Get a mentor. Don't live your life without a mentor. And so she called me, and she said, um, I was in this training you did yesterday, and I want to ask you a question. I said, what you want to ask me, baby? She said, um, how do you ask people to be a mentor? I said, you just ask them. She said, okay. So you don't have to say nothing special? I said, no, you just say, will you be my mentor? She said, <clears throat> will you be my mentor? <laughs> and I said, yes. Um, and I said, you know, you show me some good grades, and I'm going to reward you. So she made honor roll. And I took her out to Red Lobster. Like, mm -hmm. that's where she wanted to go. Right. And we had a good fellowship. Months into our relationship, her father was deceased when we met. She lost her mother. Oh, wow. And so um, things started spiraling. Mm -hmm. um, her and her siblings were separated. And she was having a really difficult time. So um, about the 10th grade, she decided, I can't do this anymore. And she dropped out of school. Mm. And I said, you know, I really want you to go back to school. And she said, no, school is not for me. And she felt like nobody cared. And so into our relationship, after her mother passed, she got into calling me mother. Hmm. And so one day she said to me, if I go back to school, would you come to my graduation? And I said, nothing could keep me from your graduation. And she said, okay, just asking, just asking. But she didn't tell me she had enrolled in school. How she told me was she sent an invitation to her graduation. Wow. And I said in that graduation, girl, I cried. I know you did. <laughs> and the speaker said, some of y'all are here by yourself. And she jumped up. And two people, her family were not able to attend. Two people were there by herself. But were there for her. And otherwise, she was there by herself. And it was me and uh, an older woman. Wow. And I told her, I'm so proud of you. So she came, and she brought me her cap and gown. Wow. And I said, what is this? She said, it's yours, because you're the only reason why I went back to school. Oh. And I said, okay, that does it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I said, you, you owe me another one. It's, you're, you're not finished. You could do so much more. So she's been through Job Corps. She's been through AmeriCorps. Um, she's in her early 20s now. Great. She's just saved up, and she's living on her own. And, you know, we talk about budgets. We talk about goals. And I told her, you know, I'm, I'm so proud of you. That is so and good. And this came from, you know, you should get a mentor. Yeah. And so she's been around my family. And <laughs> everybody, when she comes to my job, she said, I'm, I'm here to see my mother. Wow. And they go, um, uh, your daughter is here. <laughs> Look at that. Mm -hmm. Changing lives. One person at a time. One person at a time. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful. That's, that's one of my favorites. But, you know, I have one that goes the other way. I, I, um, I met a homeless client. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the counseling, every time I said something, he would go, I know. Then I would say something else. I know. And I said, why you keep saying I know? What does that mean? He said, you know, I used to do this in another state. Um, I lost my job. My COBRA ran out. I'm, I'm HIV positive. So I came here because I need help, but I, I know. Mm. And I said, so what gets you from where you came from to Georgia? Do you know anybody? He said, I only know one person here. And I said, you know, we're going to get you enrolled in the care, but do you have your resume? He said, you know what, I do. And he pulled it out. I popped it in, and I said, you know, I think we could use you. 
And I said, who do you know here? And he gave me a name. Mm-hmm. And I looked through my cell phone and I said, is this him? He said, yes. So I called the guy and said, this is Michelle. He said, Michelle, I'm going to send you a patient. I said, he's here. But I want to endorse him because I want to get him to apply for a job here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you got to be kidding. I said, no, I'm not. Less than 45 days after we met, we were co-workers. Oh, my goodness. And we worked together for years. And he said, you know what? Does anybody ever know I'm a homeless patient? And I said, now, I think about it like this. The day we were met, we were co-workers. Uh-huh. But we didn't know it. Right. How does it feel to be a blessing to, to so many people like that? It warms your heart. Yeah. Because, you know, you think about, I'm blessed to be a blessing. Yeah. You know, that 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 it, it, it makes you feel so good. You know, yeah. we we own cool stores, so you, you have to shout out the love. My husband is an alpha. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'm like, it's 12 o'clock. I'm going to the club to test. You're like, okay. Right. I'm healthier. I'll go with you. I mean, he's been in some spaces and right there side by side. And it's just an amazing support. Yeah. You know, my cousin is a dentist. And she's at health fairs doing free dental ser- services. And as, and she's an AK. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I see all this Greek love right, out here right, working. Right, you know, right, right, they, they right. They don't even recognize this rainbow. Right. And all of us, I think that we, we touch people in ways that we don't always see the impact, but yeah. it's, a, it's a whole group. Yeah. And you just tell everybody how you involved. You know, if you are mean when the person hit the door at the health department, they're going to be mad for the rest of the visit. Yep, I know it. So it you, can change the whole visit. Yeah. They change their whole life by how they're greeted. Yeah. Because they're going to be, if, if you greet it wrong, you're like, man, I knew it. And then that's it. And, and they'll walk out. The stories that have been a blessing, it's been sometimes I got it wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, they've been like, wait a minute. Okay, I'm sorry. Did I say something offensive? What did I say? Right. Let me take that off the list. Let mm-hmm. me let me know how to do it, you know, and be humble enough to be a student. And I was, um, okay, look, I'm just surrounded by Greek love. <laughs> My sister is AK. Okay. My best friend is a Delta. And right. We've been best friend since we was 12. And she is a teacher. And we will share stories. And I say, you know what? It's a blessing. Think about when you think about people who impact your life, where do you go back to? Yeah. A teacher. A teacher. Absolutely. A coach. Yep. Very few people be like the lady at the health department. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. But it gives you an opportunity to think about it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to maximize this opportunity. Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe, and I've said to people, you know, you don't have to just come see me when you need something. Yeah. You can come see me just to check in. Yeah. You you can come see me just to talk. Just just come on down. Mm-hmm. Come, come see me. Yeah. Wow. You're amazing. Well, in 1995, you became a member of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. Yeah. Did you, did Sigma Gamma Rho choose you or did you choose Sigma Gamma Rho? Tell so, me your story. You know, tell me. A, a light came on and I went towards the light. Yes. <laughs> What's your story? So, you know, when you're from Atlanta, uh, Greek life is big. Yes, it you, is. You know, the HBCU is here. And to be honest with you, I had only ever seen a, AKs and Deltas. Uh-huh. And um, my best friend, when Stephen Gamma Rose came to the yard, and I said, who is that? Yeah. And she said, you know what? It's Stephen Gamma Rose. And I said, how you know? You know, you're from Decatur? Right. Where you see them at? Right, she right. said, you know, my aunt is a Sigma Gamma Rho. Uh-huh. And it's funny because her aunt is a Sigma Gamma Rho, and that particular story is, act- is actually a mayor <laughs> in, in our state. In, really? In, in, uh, in, in South Georgia. So I said, you know what? Okay. So I, I went to uh, Georgia Southern. Right. And what happened, everybody rushes together. Right. And so you just go from, you know, sort of room to room and hearing what everybody has to say. And I still wasn't sure that it was something I was going to pursue, but when 
I went to their room. One thing that I noticed is they were so in tune with each other. You mm-hmm. know, it was just like, well, how y'all doing? And somebody walked in late. And before anybody chastised her for being late, she apologized to the crowd. Hmm. I'm sorry, y'all. And we were like, man, you know, that was different. You sorry. You know, we, we, we sitting here listening to you. And then they said, girl, come on. Mm-hmm. We, we know how it is when you got two jobs. You know, we know how it is. And I thought, you know, that, that, that's, that's different. Right. And so um, when I had an opportunity to interact with them more and do more things, I thought, you know what? This is a nice group of people. And I have to be honest with you. I pray about everything. Like, people are like, Michelle, she'll pray. I have fell asleep on my knees. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, just praying. And I was like, well, Lord, do, do you want me to do this? Yeah. You know, let, let me know if I'm supposed to do it. And um, something came up, and I thought, well, you know what? Maybe maybe it's not for me at this particular time. But I had a conversation with the president, and she said, this is for you. Like, you the one. Wow. It's, it's, and this is your time. And I was like, really? She was like, yeah. And I said, okay, it must be something I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Lord, if it's the time, you let me know. And I said, but I wanted to be the type of sister where people could be like, before you said something about Sigma Gamma Road, could they really just see a light and know that it was God? Right. You know, right. That, that, that it was bigger than that. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be a sister. And, and, I love my source. I really do. Yeah. I have two line sisters. It, it was wow, three of us. Three, so we was triple, triple threat. Yes. <laughs> and if we see each other now, we we be standing one, two, three. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I'm old school, so you had black college weekend and Freaknik and all this stuff going yeah, around. Yeah, that yeah. You, you did. And um, I like that the exposure that I had to graduate sorors while mm-hmm. I was an undergrad right. encouraged me to stay active. Yeah. And, you know, I would say, okay, well, I can. you can still do community service. And I'm real creative, so I was good with, you know, it's Valentine's Day. Like, we can sell candles. People yeah. can get romantic. Well, that's cute. <laughs> that's cute. I love you know, it. Yeah. And, and then – to, to be honest with you, like the community service I was already doing. You were already doing that from mm-hmm. the time you were yeah. 12 or, or younger. I had an opportunity to like to help paint like a Batters Women's Shelter and all that stuff. So then I was just like, okay. But the one thing that I took into it was, was the unity. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, okay, hey, well, what are the AKs doing? Mm-hmm. Is there week? We're not doing nothing that week because we're there. Wow, because we're we're, we're going to. I that heard support, Greek life at you know? G, um, Georgia Southern is very inclusive. We, yeah, like, what are the Deltas doing? Okay, that's that's where we at. Right. You know how 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 can we help? What can we do? And I mean, I have wrote very beautiful letters for people to join other organizations. Yeah, so have I. And I said, you know. <laughs> oh, I have too. I did what was in my heart. You do what was in you. You do what's in your heart. Right. And, and see, all those colors come together, mm-hmm. and, and they symbolize a rainbow. They do. You know, unity can be very powerful. You know, I think it's, it's beautiful that you're doing this. Cause Thank you. when people think about us, they go, uh, you know, what do they really do? Right. And, you know, people outside of it say, hey, you, you paying all that money. You ain't really doing nothing. Right. And I cannot think of strong, powerful, productive women and think of very few of them that fall in that category who are not Greek. Right, right. You know, even yeah. you say, even if we were sitting around and we were just looking at black history, yeah. as soon as you start calling them names, yeah. sounds and colors will follow. Absolutely. And and, and it, it matters, and I think it's a good opportunity. You know, I, I was teasing my aunt. I had an aunt that went back to college 40 years later. Mm-hmm. She had raised her children, and... 
I said, now, personally, I don't think you're going back to finish your degree. I think you're going back to pledge. Like, right. this was our little joke. Right, right. <laughs> she was like, I'm going to finish my degree. And I said, but it's not too late, Auntie. I, I, want, I want you to do it. And I said, um, her daughters are, are AKs. Uh-huh. And I said, you know what? I'm going to buy you your first frog. Wow. And she certainly did. Did it, she? She did. She, 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 she ended up finishing her degree uh-huh. like she wanted to, uh-huh. and it was on her bucket list. Right. And also joining the organization was on her bucket list. When I tell you, she wore pink and green with the best of <laughs> And I was true to my word. I bought her um, a frog, uh-huh. but it was in a blue and gold bag. Oh, of course it was. <laughs> of course so it was. So she could know where it came from. Wow. And I went, her and my mom, or, or my mom has three sisters, so mm. I called them the Golden Girls together. Yeah. And she came to a conference with me, and my cousin said, do not wear blue and gold at the conference because everybody <laughs> blue and gold. Right. And before she had crossed, I said, you know, I'm going to cross y'all mama if she come down here in a gold shirt. <laughs> 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 so I sent them a picture of her, and I was like, do you want to be here for the induction? Right. So we had, they was like, take off that gold shirt. Right, right. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah. beautiful. So we, we have good fun. We have good, good. fun. We have a whole panhellenic I mean, seriously. When we get together. I love it. I love it. I love it. That is so awesome. Like on the family group, and we shout people out for founders there. Oh, that's beautiful. We do. We that's do. absolutely beautiful. I love it. I love it. You know, one of the initiatives that Sigma Gamma Row has that I was just so enamored of because I grew up a swimmer is the Swim 1922 oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. program that you all have. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I just feel like it's it's such an amazing program. So glad that black women are leading that charge. So the, the thing about it is a lot of us are afraid of swimming. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't recognize it's, it's great exercise. But when we think about about if you can get kids involved early in activities that will help them be healthy yes and it is beautiful to see people who some of them themselves had a different connection to swimming because you're like well you know for the first time I can turn on the Olympics and and see swimmers that look like me Uh you know wondering uh is this a cool thing to do is this an appropriate thing to do right and the last time we had swim 22 I didn't get a chance to make it to the event, but I got a chance to look at the pictures. Mm-hmm. And it was so many people coming out. And it was just beautiful to see the girls starting early, yes. letting them know, hey, you know, swimming is good exercise. Yep. You know, you can swim your way to college mm-hmm. on a scholarship. I sure did. <laughs> yes, I did. You you could encourage your family. My father took swimming lessons. He learned how to swim as an adult. He was mm-hmm. 45. Yep. Uh, I personally was at the Y on Wesley Chapel. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Wesley Chapel. And, and that's where I learned how to swim. But my, my mother's story was different my mother lost a brother that drowned oh my god so my family was paranoid and I was actually scared to learn how to swim I, I we left Decatur for a little while and went to Los Angeles when you live near the beach you don't need to know how to swim mm. you just run out there and then come back right I came back to Georgia everybody could swim but me right and for people to have the boldness and the the empowerment to say you know what people of color we can get in the water yes we can get in the water we can work out and encourage that space and you know people have on that little swim caps because sometimes people say well you know well i want to exercise because my hair i want to do blah 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 blah. yes (laughs) you can work it out right you You really can you can work it out uh your bob is everything (laughs) by the way i it is everything okay Okay, so then you know I got to shout him out. Oh. Howard Baker of Joy Beyond Salon. He is keep, good. Keep me fabulous. He keep me fabulous. I mean, I, he's. I think he's. He literally is a master colorist. That like, color I don't even is, say oh. like what color. And you know, it's it's funny. I went to him 
for years. And then one day he said, you know, my daughter's a Stephen Gamerall. Stop. You ain't said nothing. I've been sitting here. And he was like, and I said, let me see. And I was like, make sure. Right, know? right. And he, he showed me her picture. And I said, she is. I was like, tell my baby to come up here. But uh, his daughter's. All of them are like little sisters. He, wow. he is just wonderful and amazing. He's like, we're going to get some hydration. We're doing trimming. I love him. He's he, been doing you, my hair honey. probably almost 10 years. It looks and beautiful. The thing that people usually say to me is your hair looks amazingly healthy. It does. To be a color. And then. The, are you natural? Or are you I still, am natural. You are natural? And been natural since I've been with him. He doing that. And I said, he, yep, without yes. the is. Okay, <laughs> he is doing that. That thing look good. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, before, get I let you, out of yeah, before I let you go, what is your definition of cool? Definition of cool. Yeah. Okay, I would say definition of cool is laid back, no, easy going. Uh, if you're cool, you need to be flexible. Yeah. You know, everything ain't going to go your way. Uh, you ain't going to dunk in every game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ain't going to hit a home run in every game. You know, just just be cool and, and, and be flexible. So yeah. I was um, a young lady who said, you know what, I offered up your name and I hope you are selected. And I thought it was cool, one, again, to the sisterhood that she's yeah. in another organization. Right, right. You yeah. know, yeah. That's, that's, that's real cool. And then she said, you know, send me some shell, it just fits. Mm-hmm. It just fits. And I said, okay. I said, well, you know, I'm going to have to represent then. I'm going to have to go yeah. up there and be cool for real. Yes, honey. She came <laughs> up in here looking just dressed to the gods, looking like, good. She ain't cool. She ain't cool. <laughs> they lied. <laughs> <laughs> no, you are definitely cool. It's so funny because uh, you're not on social media, like, at all. Like, Girl. no social media. No. In fact, so let me tell you what had happened was. What happened was. So I got on there for, like, uh, a quick minute. And when I got on there, there were some things that the people who reached out to me mm-hmm. and the spaces that they are in, you know, you serve everybody. You yeah. might be uh, a commercial sex worker. Right. And so the whole kind of like family, I didn't want people to feel uncomfortable about, you know, you might be befriending me as a person who dresses one way for a ball and then maybe at work, right? <laughs> you dress another way in terms of maybe you know cross dressing, right? And right. Like that. So I wanted people to feel like because you know so many people, so many yeah, different people, <laughs> yes, completely comfortable in in all of their spaces. And then also, um, there, there's an opportunity where you know there may be things that the state is doing or sponsoring and people are interested in, you know, finding out more information. And I didn't want people to confuse, like, oh, okay, well, I can just ask this right. via social media right. instead of using the channel. Okay. And so then the funny thing, where I am is Twitter. Well, my Twitter handle is Syphilis Girl. Girl. And my husband thinks it's, like, the worst thing it ever. Is he was th- like, you need a new name. But we had a Twitter town hall. And it was just, it's a great way. See, cool. Right. It was a cool way to give out information. Like, one, if I could be associated with saying I'm Syphilis Girl, yeah. then maybe somebody who's asking questions about um, a potential exposure could feel comfortable right. about asking the space. But he was like, I'm going to really need You're to gonna change, need to change that. And then I have to visit another part. Girl, I'm just old school, and I'm just a little bit slow when it comes to cyber stuff. It's like, fine. It took me a minute to get on email. Oh, my God. <laughs> Michelle. It, it took me a minute. Like, I'm, I'm the worst. So now I, 
when I do something, I'm a little savvy. People get proud. Like yeah. the fact that I had a Twitter handle, people like, okay, I see you. Okay. So, and it's, people have said, Michelle, maybe you could do Instagram, you know, just a few characters. Just, just, just get on in and get on out. Right. But I think the, the few moments I was on there, like I ain't post nothing. I ain't know what to post. It's overwhelming. I ain't know what to like. <laughs> And then it can become, yeah, you become addicted to it. And I've, I've got to check myself, too, because I had gotten off of it, and now I'm, like, back into, like, scrolling way too much. So I'm about to I'm about to get on punishment. So my husband is on there. So it'd be, like, like both of ours, and he'd be like, okay, you know, uh, y'all having a reunion because uh, somebody hit me up. And I'm like, yeah. okay, tell him I said. <laughs> so oh, it is, it's very, very funny. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah, but I, yeah, people have called me out on that too, especially like um, I have a, a lot of interns. Yeah. You know, millennials looking for stuff. And they was like, um, Miss Michelle, like, you know, nobody can't find you. Like, you have to work hard. Right. <laughs> but I like it though. It's still, it you you keep your privacy because once you're out there, I mean, social media wise, unless you delete your post, I mean, you know. Then I got on there. LinkedIn, right? Uh huh. But I didn't know how to act. So I didn't know you're supposed to update your profile. And so my profile is like from eight years ago. It's fine. And so people's like, oh, you changed jobs. You're at a different place. You left the health. Nobody told me. I was like, still there, still there. Haven't updated. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and stay off of it, okay? Yeah, it ain't your thing. Go and say to people out in these streets, okay? <laughs> so then I have two LinkedIn's. My side hustle is real estate. Okay. And my mom is my broker. So my, my mom and my brother handle the building arm of the company and then me and my mom do the real estate okay so i was like okay you know we we, we easing out there we trying that's we trying. good so that part maybe but the other michelle you go ahead don't even worry about it we we good well this has been absolutely enjoyable you are Thank very you. very cool i'm so <laughs> glad to have had your decatur girl who's cool representing sg row i love it michelle thank, thank you so you. much for Thank your time you. today and meeting me here at the gathering spot totally 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 am so appreciative Thank you, and thank you so much, and blessings and best wishes. We see you. Thank you. We see you growing. Thank you. And God bless you, and God keep you. Amen, amen. Michelle Latrice Allen, everybody. (laughs) My name is Michelle Latrice Allen, and I am the Infectious Diseases Section Director at the Georgia Department of Public Health, and I am a cool soror of Sigma Gamma Rho Sorority Incorporated. Yep.